Join the conversation at bulala.co. Um, the question is, if you were given the opportunity to dramatically improve the living conditions of the neighborhood you grew up in, to the extent that 15 years later, the neighborhood gets gentrified, would you do it? So yeah, that is the question. So, but before you give me your answer, right? Let's act like we've already had this conversation and we are 15 minutes into the conversation and you are now explaining to me why you got to that decision. You don't have to tell me the decision. Just tell me why you got to that decision. Why or how? I, I basically got to the decision by considering that the world is progressing uh-huh. and with or without gentrification there is going to be some form of change uh-huh. in our communities like it's bound to happen uh-huh. and for me if people are sort of better off uh-huh. I mean I guess I considered that maybe the people that would gentrify it would still probably be the niche of, you know, the uh-huh. upper middle class or whatever, but in my head, probably they'll still be black. Uh-huh. So it kind of makes me feel better. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess that's how I rationalized it. I rationalized it in the sense of the community getting better. And hopefully by the betterment of it, it means that more people have opportunities and maybe they don't even need to stay in that place anymore, okay. which is very idealistic, mm-hmm. I, I guess. But mm-hmm. I think a, a state of stagnation is something that I, I dislike. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that not everybody perceives stagnation in the same way. Uh-huh. So if it was my choice, then I would say probably yes. Okay. I cool, cool. So what do you think would uh, okay, but I think you hinted at what would happen if you choose the opposite decision mm. uh-huh. with the whole stagnation and everything. Yeah. But I mean, worst case scenario, what is the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is just, for me, it, it, like it's bad, it's stagnation. Feeling like you are sort of running around in circles mm-hmm. while everything around you is progressing. I feel like if that is, um, if you feel like your external environment or even your your surrounding are expanding, if you also want to expand, it will be. Um, a sense of contestation against your spirit. Mm-hmm. 
you know so i think like i think about my neighborhood in specific mhm like my neighborhood back home in, in pulukwane it's a colored neighborhood it was uh, designated a colored neighborhood by the apartheid government mm-hmm. so in the apartheid only what only colored people lived there yeah post 94 you know black people were allowed to build houses black people were allowed to to move in mm-hmm. and my mom always like reminds me of that saying that you know for her that is a form of progression mm-hmm. you know because she was able to move closer to town and closer to people i mean and closer to the center you know mm-hmm. and sort of because of um cuz colored neighborhoods were better than black neighborhoods mm-hmm. and it was very close to an indian one but even then you can see the difference like you can see or the the financial circumstances like indians were bit, well better off mm-hmm. but you can see it like the colored neighborhood is and the indian neighborhood was separated by a railroad mm-hmm. and the type of houses that were there you can you can tell the difference okay. and for me if the if my neighborhood stays the same like throughout all times like now it's integrated and whatever but if it like stays the same and people don't push to have more you know growth in it i think that it will be a source of angst among the people that live there and amongst maybe the youth like if i feel like maybe if you had to grow up there mm-hmm. but it's also a thing of the something that um growth is not perceived in the same way mm-hmm. so for my mom if she has been there for when however long we've been there now and maybe the sense of the environment is what she liked mm-hmm. and what gentrification can bring might be something that totally makes her feel alienated in her home like in, in within her surroundings and it's her house not like she's gonna choose to be valid or, or go somewhere else Okay. So yeah, I think that point uh, kind of leads into my next um, question. Like if a community is getting gentrified and by that uh, the question uh, the initial question um, also implies the the living standards are improving like uh, whatever caused whatever was there initially uh, is getting improved like if there was only one library there's two libraries if public transport was not uh, a frequent thing it becomes more accessible and schools become more accessible clinics become more accessible so the people who li- live in that area are now better uh, in a better position to actually uh improve their own lives because the community they are in is actually uh, fostering that growth in them right mm, but why is it that 
when uh, community is getting gentrified, we do not consider the fact that the people who originally from that community are also increasing their income with uh, all the things that are coming in. Are you asking why is it that we don't consider that mm -hmm. the income is increasing? Yeah, uh, uh, the income of the community is possibly increasing. Like, um, I think I saw, I looked up the definition of gentrification, which I'm going to have to look up again because my memory is uh, Pentium 2. Yeah, but one of the definitions is the restoration of rundown urban areas by the middle class resulting in the displacement of low income residents. Like, does gentrification not also translate into someone who was previously low income becoming a middle class person? Not always. Okay. And I think that the, the term came up most of the time it's not what happens. Mm -hmm. Because even if, um, like for example, you can have better schools within your own neighborhood, but it doesn't make you able to afford them. Mm -hmm. Just because something is there okay. doesn't mean that you are able to access it. It's kind of like the, the fact that you have, let's say possibly that there's I don't even know. I, I don't want to say a library because I would assume that a library you can. Mm, it's you know, a public uh, resource. Yeah, yeah you, you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, I don't, I don't, like a school is a perfect example, actually, mm -hmm. or a hospital. Mm -hmm. Let's say, for example, your your, your neighborhood gets gentrified, the middle class come in, and then they, they build a hospital. Mm -hmm. All right. The, the likelihood of that hospital being a public hospital are low, mm -hmm. right? Which means that um, it's going to be a privatized hospital and the people that are going to afford it are going to be the ones in the middle class. Okay. And yeah, it, just because it's available does not guarantee access. Okay. Cool. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the, it's the argument I, I usually make um, about like the, the difference between availability and access. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's like in, in, let's say, rural areas or like in formal settlements, right? Mm -hmm. Informal settlements, they were previously, well, they still disadvantaged. They still, most of them are still poor and low income households, people that reside in them. So, one of the things government decided, okay, cool, let's build our DPs and all of that and let's put electricity. Mm -hmm. Right. And it did, um, I'm not saying that it did not have an impact in the way, like it made it available to them. They made um, um, electricity available to them. 
and I guess in a form accessible because they can use it, but it doesn't mean that they can afford it. Okay. So then most households, you see that they're still using like parasitically electricity at the same time or one more than the other because of what? Because of um, the inability to access it because it's not um, affordable, although it's available. Okay. So um, then I guess it also comes to a question of is there a time frame that it allows people of the community to actually ease into the gentrification? Because I think the problem of uh, a hospital, a private hospital being built in a community and people not affording it is the pace at which it happens. So is there a time frame whereby we can say the people of this community currently cannot afford a private hospital, but in 20 years, given that we have this public library, given that we have this, um, these other public resources, uh, you start with the public ones first, and then we say 15 years later, we are going to build this private hospital and people of these community are going to be in a position to actually afford uh, I mean it kind of feels um optimistic at best mm -hmm. to say that you should um like make more income I don't see people delaying their progress for others. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think that somebody is going to move into a neighborhood and then assess that these com the community that I've lived in is like so and so and so and so. So maybe we need to prioritize, um, if anything, what the the middle and upper class tend to do is go for privatizing most things and actually making things accessible. They like exclusivity, mm -hmm. you know. That that is my my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. I think for some reason it's like the fact that you've made it, you have to have like your club needs to be exclusive. Okay. So I, I don't think when you, you prioritize having public services over over private ones in an effort to let people catch up. Okay. So um, if you identify let the poor who cannot adapt with the, what's happening in the area uh, move to a community that they can afford. Welcome back.
question. Yeah, so, yeah, that was a question. If you are gentrifying, you should let the natural selection take course in terms of those who can afford, should afford, and those who can't afford, they, it's life. Um, I, no, but I'm not of the opinion that that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. I am usually in some mode mm-hmm. that seems to play out okay. in our environment. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not for it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I said that in my view of um, gentrifying neighborhood, maybe I did change my mind, but it, I struggled with it. Mm-hmm. I struggled with this the idea of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks for the conversation. Um, mm-hmm. I'm personally of the view that you should uh, do it. Um, oh, I would. Not that you should. I would do it. And my reasoning is I believe Hore one. Um, our government is useless personally, our South African government is useless and there's certain problems that we have and while we are waiting for the government to act on these problems, uh, the people who might be capable to assist are not given the opportunity to assist because they they are told they should talk to the government about it when they are actually in a position to assist. Um, like, um, probably can have a number of examples, but I think my most recent one, or not even recent, like the one that's in my mind right now, okay, when Limpopo had that test, textbook delivery problem, for the whole year, and then I was never feeling that I wanted to be tricky. The textbook disappeared. Yeah. Like, um, I'm willing to bet that there was someone in these communities who had a car, van or whatever, who was like, "Emmanuel, are are driving real outing? What are the the textbooks here? Oh, man, I was going to buy that one, but." because you have to do everything via the department which has already failed by not delivering the books on time to start off with even you trying to assist is not um, a possibility or it's not a plausible thing for you to do to speed up the process so i believe or if we let um, those of the means do what they want to do or what they can do, then we can probably deal with some service delivery failures better than we are currently dealing with service delivery issues now. And on the point, um, the income, or the low income people being driven out, for me personally, I'm, I'm more interested in how if a community is slowly transitioning from a low-income community to a middle-income community, how, is, how does it happen that a family stays a low-income uh, family? Like if you are seeing that everyone in your neighborhood is into rapping, 
and they are making a lot of money from the rap industry. And as the whole family, no one decides to start rapping so that they also partake in this economy that rap has built. Why does... Very simplistic, and that's not always. That's usually not the case. Like people who gentrify are not mm-hmm. people who have um like jobs that you can just get into. Like people who gentrify are doctors, are lawyers, are people who gentrify are educated individuals. Yeah, but like you can wake up and decide that okay. Uh, uh, people are gentrifying my neighborhood, so I'm just going to go and become a doctor. Like, opportunity mm. does not become uh-huh. available just because you decided that, or just because your neighborhood is transitioning. Uh-huh. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, but with this point, I think I'm more leaning into a neighborhood becomes gentrified when a new industry gets discovered around it. Um, and obviously that's when the doctors and everyone else comes because if all the people who are coming for this specific uh, industry that has just popped up in this community they need the doctors, they need uh, the lawyers, they need all these different things and then the lawyers are just going to be closed by. But the people who are in the community so the factory being built for whatever, the rap factory is um, still being simplistic. Mm, and they saw the first rappers to come out of the rap factory. And, and this was happening over a number of years. So why is it that the, you know, there is a possibility for that low-income family to remain low-income, even as the rap factory is solidifying its position in the area? No, so, I'm more, yeah, I, I want to also look at that question as well, but maybe not for now. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to express this, but mm-hmm. like I said, I feel like you're making it very simplistic. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like just because a factory like open near you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like saying you you like let me give an example of what happens with with mines, right? Mm-hmm. Like mining communities. Like mining communities in South Africa are one of the poorest communities in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Logically, you'd think that because there are diamonds that are found here, yeah, they are they every like. You found the you 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 basically just found millions mm-hmm. on the ground. People come, people move there, people um you know basically gentrify the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But then you need to realize that the type of opportunities that you afforded are not the same type of opportunities that people who come mm-hmm. to gentrify your neighborhood have initially. Community member, you will not be afforded the same opportunities as another person. Initially, example, not initially. It never really changes. That's why mining communities are the way that they are. Mm-hmm. That's why most people now, the the type of reforms that people are fighting for now is having giving people actual skills. Mm-hmm. 
actual skills that can be transferable after a mind closure or whatever, or an, an, an ability to move up the the hierarchical income. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because just because a, a development is in your neighborhood does not mean that you can benefit from it. And it, you, if you do benefit from it, you're going to benefit from it at a, at a minimal level, at a minimalistic level. And only those that are like you. Like if you are sort of place within the right context. Like for example, mm-hmm. right now what most Muslim companies do is that they take um graduates from like the community that they are basically exploiting. Mm-hmm. So they they make these um internships or whatever graduate program and they're like you must be from this community. And that's basically you being placed like the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. If you're not from that community, then how do you then benefit? And if you're not a graduate from that community, that low income community will never see the benefits of that. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, things like those programs you just mentioned. And I think what you were mentioning. Uh, the whole mine example applies to the whole of South Africa because um, if you look at what Vets, uh, Kimberley, what other big mining place do we have in our mining city do we have in our country? I mean, Westenberg is a thing. Yeah. So if we look at all these cities and we look at the people around them, they have technically not uh, benefited from the fact that there's a mine there. Um, What I'm interested in is then the question, like um, ever since we started uh, mining in South Africa, how is it that the average uh, South African is not even, what's the word, um, researching what actually makes the mine um, the most money, or what makes KDBS uh, the most money. They have a few mines, I think. Uh, I think Ellen Gray has a few mines, but uh, I'm not sure. I don't know about Alan Kerr, but American, yeah. the, um, one of the, the most mindless of Yeah, um, but I don't know what makes them the most money. Uh, uh, and it's weird because you'd think that gold would be an integral part of uh, the folklore or what we are taught while we are growing up in these communities that uh, some distance from the mines. Like, that mm, is named after vet was called blah, 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 word I can't pronounce. And that was also a mining type town, but I don't think kids in the neighboring areas actually think about the logistics of mining. So I'm more interested in how or why do these big things come to certain communities and certain cities, but 
the people of those neighborhoods never or don't, let me not say never, don't actually get in tune with the logistics behind why that thing works and how that thing actually makes money so that they can impeach themselves in the long term. I mean, there's a number of reasons that happens. Mm-hmm. For me, it, it boils down to our education system. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't have... I think that's why most of us as um, young black people, especially the ones that go to varsity, mm-hmm. you start having this, these, like when your brain starts to actually open up and you see all like the bullshit that is like infiltrated in like all the systems. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, I don't know, but I feel like most people do. Mm-hmm. Especially depending on like the the type of interest that you have, like we kind of lose our minds a bit. Okay. I see it in in the people that are interested in in politics and and everything. But if you are interested in like development and all of that, and and social justice in particular, mm-hmm. a lot of the things that will happen will like literally drive you insane. Okay. I feel like I'm at that point because mm-hmm. I'm I'm passionate about social justice. Yeah. But I think it boils down to and with me it it has always been um the concept of how you um sort of go auctions the environment to like the, the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. Right? And in that it auctions um the the people as well. Okay. Like for for manual labor, for minimum labor, because then you don't put policies in place that you actually make sure that those businesses don't um export the people that work for them. You you don't care. So you just you know, you just send it off and you're like, it's a system as long as we're getting money sort of um it will function. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, it's, it's it's an education perspective. Like we we don't know about mining companies. We don't know about the the, the minerals that are mined in South Africa because it's not part of our curriculum. Mm-hmm. And we are not um, taught to be inquisitive about it either. Mm-hmm. So it it just it boils down to that. If you if you get to <clears throat> if you get to a point or a stage where you are able to be inquisitive about it, then all on your own that is great. But some people need a push. Okay. And some of us had to get to a lot to get to that push. Okay. So that's where Okay. Excuse me, my long window. Mm-hmm. Sorry for eating uh, into your nap time. Mm-hmm. It's alright. Um, so I was saying that mm-hmm. for me, it boils down to that. It, it boils down to education and also boils down to the fact that ignorance is bliss, mm-hmm. not necessarily for the people. Yeah that are in those communities but for the, the companies that that come and that 
function within like those communities, they would rather have communities that are um, uneducated and probably misrepresented or underrepresented mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. so they can get the most from them. I can't I can't say that I blame um, communities for not knowing and I can't even say that I blame them for buying into it because the marketing is solid. Like if you go into a community and you hear because what they promise you is a job. Mm-hmm. They come in like we're going to build the road. We're going to like jobs, jobs, jobs. Mm-hmm. They streamline it into jobs. Or they say that or maybe we'll build like a hospital or something or we'll you know. Like I personally I I work um in the field. So for me, um, it's pretty painful mm-hmm. like, to to see the things that happened. Like, and I think there is some form of reform, like now in terms of the mining companies and what the government requires them to do in terms of planning and all of that. But for um, more than 50 years, they were left unchecked and they were left to do whatever they want and hence, this is the reality we are in. We're mm-hmm. having ghost towns, we're having mining, um, acid mine drainage in most of our mines in Joburg and the first part of Rand area, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay, I say it's miseducation, it's like more of like being uneducated. Okay, well, thank you very much for the conversation. Uh, I think we've covered quite a lot of stuff. And yeah, any shout outs that you would like to send to them people? Any shout outs? Like you do those? I don't even know. Yeah, we're doing shout outs. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, I, I was not even ready for this. But thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Um, shout out to my family and friends. Okay, cool. I feel like they, know, they know who they are. Like, oh, God. Don't mm. worry, I'll do better next time. Okay. I know this is a thing. Now I'll, I'll write down actual names. So oh. I'll call them out. Okay, cool. Like, hey, so. Okay. Uh, uh, I think this is the first time I'm doing this, uh, so I'm, I'm not even sure of the recording. I've tested it before this, but I'm only going to find out after the conversation whether or not it's recorded and if it recorded the whole conversation. So hopefully uh, it's well and then I can actually get an episode out. You know. but, um, well, I hope so. Yeah. yeah so hope. But even if we don't, Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the conversation okay. after this. Okay, cool. Well, so next time mm-hmm. we'll do it again, and then yeah. I would have learned a thing or two on the technical side. I will have. Mm-hmm. Sure. I will have written down all my shoutouts. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. Okay. Sure. Stay well. Good night. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.